Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs practical tools and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. So, hello and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am super excited to be here with you, and I have a very special guest for you today. Today, we will be talking all about your career. I know some of you will be entrepreneurs or maybe even retired, but I guarantee you will find some nugget in here for yourself. When I did my preliminary interview with her, we got into such a juicy conversation about women in the workforce and life in general. Without further ado, I would like to introduce you to Emily Benson. Emily is founder and owner of Emily Benson PhD LLC, a career coaching business focused on supporting professional women who want to advance their careers and find more passion and inspiration in their work and their life. She has been studying careers for over 20 years, starting as a practitioner working in human resources and recruiting in the tech and construction industries. While getting her MBA, she fell in love with studying organizations, people, and careers. She went on to get her PhD in management, focusing her research on understanding early careers through a feminist lens. She has published articles about career growth for USA Today, NH Business Magazine, local publications, and many academic publications. Her academic research ultimately led her to career coaching. Her coaching style differs from other career coaches in that she balances a deep knowledge of the practical skills needed for a career development with an intuitive understanding of the mindset shifts that women so often need to make. She typically works with her clients in a group setting so that they have an entire support system of other women as they move through their fears and dramatically increase their confidence. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Maria. I'm so glad to be here. We definitely did have a juicy conversation last time, so I'm really excited to go even deeper today. Me too. I'm I'm really looking forward to this conversation. All morning I've been preparing for this. And I will apologize to my listeners ahead of time that this may go a little bit longer than I normally do. I usually try and keep it to 30 minutes, but I know this one might get a little, you know, longer, we'll just say, because <laughs> it's a good conversation. So Emily, tell us a little bit about your journey and what's transpired you personally to sort of where you, how you got to where you are today. Sure. So I actually um, majored in college in Latin American studies, which was basically chosen because I wanted to travel to Latin America. So that seemed like <laughs> a good reason to major in it. And I, I just, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And after I graduated, I, I was really lucky that it was a time when the economy was booming and even someone with an obscure degree like me could um, land a job right out of college really easily in, in the high tech industry in New York City. So it totally just fell into that work, um, you know, found an advertisement online, seemed like it could be a good fit and, and it fell into it. Um, but pretty quickly, I got really interested in just how people were landing where they were um, because it felt like such a fluke for me. And then I was reading all these, I was working in recruiting, as you mentioned. And so I was reading resumes all day, meeting all these young people like me um, in New York City. And it was just fascinating how we all kind of chose or, or fell into these different 
different paths. So uh, once I went back to school, I, I realized I did want to study that, um, this thing that felt very random uh, in a lot of ways to me. Um, so it, yeah, it was. And as I was going through my PhD research, I realized, you know, how much of our careers are impacted, you know, not just by our own passions, by, but by what is actually available to us at the time. And when I was studying young professionals, I was really looking at how political and economic forces sort of push us in certain directions, um, no matter what we're actually interested in. So, so that was, um, fascinating to realize just the ways that we're impacted by outside forces. Um, what's kind of interesting as I've moved into career coaching now, I still have my academic job um, in a college, but I career coach about half the time and I've been coaching professional women for um, about 14 months now exclusively. So that's been amazing. But realizing that a lot of women um, get to a point in our careers, sort of mid senior level um, when it's not, you know, this path that we've been on sort of, we hit kind of a wall. We hit a crisis point of some sort, sort of going along on this path that we might've fallen into or chosen when we were pretty young and work our way up and, you know, can be easily very successful in it. Um, the women I work with are really powerful and really successful and smart, um, but they, they reach a point when they're like, oh, this isn't enough. So it's kind of an interesting um, progression of my research, mm -hmm. realizing that we might've gotten forced into particular paths when we're, when we're or influenced in certain ways, maybe not forced, but influenced in particular directions, work our way up, are successful, and then some voice inside of us says, oh, this isn't quite enough anymore. I need to mm -hmm. change it up in some way. Um, this isn't fulfilling. I need to maybe move in a leadership role or pivot into something that's more meaningful. Um, so it's just been, yeah, it's been an interesting growth journey for me um, in, my, in my research and my understanding of how careers actually work. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because as we've discussed before, most people know me if they listen to me, you know, I've worked in as an accountant, as a CPA for 30 years and, you know, it was about, probably about four years ago when I said, you know what, there's, there's more, I need more. And I was very, very successful in my career, you know, and I wanted to leave at the top of my game and, and transition out of that into something more purposeful. Mm -hmm. And even as early as last week, I actually had met with a friend who just switched from, um, her and I are in this, we're in the same industries and she switched from a, you know, director role into the VP level, thinking that she was going to have a lot more influence and all these other things going to happen. And I said to her, so how did it go? Are you excited? Are you happy? She goes, no, yeah. really? <laughs> because it wasn't, you know, she wants, she's striving for that purpose and to make a difference and all those things. And it, and that's what it was for me that I wanted to do more. I wanted to have a bigger effect on the world as opposed to just a simple company necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was very, and I, you know, for it, both of us, it happened to be that we sort of, we didn't fall into that, but you know, that first job out of college, you get into that and you decide to get siloed through your whole life in that path, right? And I see some younger generations we can talk about too will switch careers a little bit more fluidly than my generation did where you kind of stick in your path for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe we could speak on that a little bit. Yeah, sure. It's, it, it is funny. Like you saying the word siloed, I just have this vivid memory of um, in one of my 
early jobs, I had gotten to know a few other young people in my company. And um, one of them, you know, this was the, it was like 1999. So it was dot com huge, mm -hmm. you know, um, it was growing really rapidly and there was all this explosion of online magazines and things like that. And um, I had actually worked for a newspaper in college. So when one of my friends told me he was quitting his job with our company to go work for an online magazine, I was like, Ooh, tell me like, maybe you have some opening positions over there. And you know, like, what, what's going on? Tell me about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, we're, they're definitely hiring more people, but they're not hiring human resources people. And I just was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of myself as a human resources yeah. person. I was like, wait, what? How did you get that opinion of me? Um, when you, we've only known me, I've been doing this for six months. How is this my identity now? But it really does, you know, we, we do fall into, or at least our generation, I think, you know, adopted those, those identities pretty readily, yeah. whether consciously or not. Uh, so it was, it was just an interesting realization of, you know, that other people were defining me by this job title. But I think you're right. I, I know that my students, um, my college students who are young, are, are approaching it a little bit differently and hoping to try out a few different things before they settle on, settle on one path. Or maybe they're not, they know they'll never settle on one path because they've seen their parents um, you know, get downsized and have to go in multiple different directions in their lifetime. So they're sort of prepared for change in a way that I think that we weren't. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you talk about, you were talking about earlier about out, so the outside influences, political and things like that, I think family has a huge impact on us too. You know, it's, as a coach myself, I see so many people that have gone into their careers because that's what their parents have done and that's where their expectations were that they go into those careers and they're not happy in them. Yeah. And, you know, it's, and it's, you know, I'm probably going to open a can of worms when I say this. <laughs> But women too, if you choose to have children, there's another piece that, that you get layered in there where if you're out of the workforce for a while or um, how are you going to manage that within your career too? Because, you know, I want to call it glass ceilings, but the, some of the work environments are not very conducive to women growing and, and moving up as they have young kids. And um, it's a lot harder space to be in. Absolutely. Actually, just um, yesterday and today here in the U.S., uh, there's been a big discussion because Elizabeth Warren, one of our presidential <laughs> candidates, has been talking about the discrimination that she faced when she was pregnant in the 70s. And she yeah. was told not to come back to a teaching job because she got pregnant. And I've been watching Twitter, Twitter today and all these women telling their story, similar stories, um, you know, whether it was really overt discrimination in that way or something more subtle. Yeah, uh, it, I think it is a big wake up call for women when um, when you get pregnant or even infertility issues or other health kinds of issues just it's a big wake-up call that the corporate structure just isn't built for us um, it doesn't work with our body's needs um, and our rhythms and things like that so I yeah. think that is part of that crisis too of like you know this isn't good for my body um, or my emotional well-being anymore yeah, totally. And I, you know, it's a, another conversation I had, I think it was with that same person. We talked about emotional well-being at work. You know, women tend to, it's a lot easier for us to get burnt out because we're still trying to do a million different things at once and we can burn out a lot easier. And the workplace doesn't allow for that. If you're at, mm -hmm. especially if you're at a senior level, yeah. the expectation is that you show up 100% all the time. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my field of work for coaching, I try and get women to have that support system behind them. If you're going to choose to do that, that's great. But you, ne- you can't just go on burnout mode. You need to be 100% supported, whether you need to have family support, nanny support, house support, like whatever it is that's going to make you, you know, if you want to be at that level, you need to have some backup for you. You can't just expect to just show up and not burn out <laughs> Yeah, when you're yeah. trying to do everything. Right, right. Yeah, we just, it was, there was an article going around Facebook quite a bit in the last year or so. It was um, just talking about how women um, don't, we're just not privileged with the same amount of space for, um, in this case, they were talking about creativity, you know, creative oh. action, um, long period. We just don't have long periods of free time um, or you know, for doing creative projects, but it, it holds true for work too. You know, our, our days are broken up um, in ways that uh, traditionally men's just haven't been, you know, where they have, where they had that a wife at home thinking about all the extra things that mm. they didn't have to think about. So their brains were free for creating, for being innovative, um, you know, for just being free to focus. And we didn't, we don't have that typically unless it's very deliberately set up or are very lucky. Mm-hmm. Have you just a curious question on here? Um, this is just something that's come to me recently is I've seen and heard, you know, a lot of women don't want to go into those top spots anymore because they just don't want to deal with some of the stuff. They want to have that work-life balance. They want to be able to be at their best at whatever level that's going to be at for them, right? And that was, that was the case for me because, um, you know, I needed to, you know, if I wanted to go into those higher levels, I would have to bring in a full support of a nanny looking after my child, all those things. That was a choice I made not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a husband that was going to pull up that, you know, so the back end of it all to make it all work. Or you wait until your kids are grown up. I see a lot of that too, where women enter the workforce at a later um, time when it's, um, you don't have to worry about a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and you're freer to do some of those things. And I totally lost sight of my question there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I get what you're saying. I've, yeah, no, I've been hearing that. Um, I have read the same thing and anecdotally, anecdotally, I've just certainly heard it from friends and my clients too. I just had a friend actually, we're talking about it. She's like, I've completely changed my ambition. Um, My ambition now is not what I thought it would be five years ago. Um, You know, I just, I don't want to work the long hours. I don't want to travel, you know, three weeks out of the month. That's just not in the cards for me. It's too stressful. I also see a transition going of um, more towards obviously the women entrepreneurs and women coming out of the career, like the traditional business aspect of things and um, building their own businesses. You know, they're going to work just as hard, but on their terms, basically, or probably even harder, <laughs> but on their terms. And, you know, I, I see that as a lot healthier environment because they have a lot more control over um, what happens. Um, do you see much shift yourself in that? Yeah, I, I actually do. I have a, quite a few of my clients where they came to me and they started out thinking they just wanted to move into a job that was a better fit, um, another corporate job that was a better fit. Um, but over the course of working together, once I really dug into trying to understand where they really are right now in their lives and kind of pushed the pause button and took some time to really think and reflect, um, they have you know, gone in an entrepreneurial direction, you know, whether it's um, a consulting company, so they can Uh. just do freelance projects or, or something else. Um, That's the part. Yeah, it's just been interesting um, 
to see that realization that, oh, a, you know, another corporate job is not going to be fulfilling. Yeah. And that's, you know, the same with my friend last week when I met her for dinner, you know, it's something she's pushed for her whole career mm-hmm. and she's got it. And now it's like, wow, this isn't as fulfilling as I thought it might be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just yeah. another, you know, a little more responsibility, a little bit more money, but you're not being able to make the impact that you want. And I, I see a lot more women at all ages wanting to have purpose in their life mm-hmm. versus just going out to make money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it does feel harder to find that, I guess, at a certain point um, within uh, very structured work environments. And it's, you know, it's kind of sad for organizations. Like I, it I, is, totally. yeah, my PhD is in management and organization studies, and I'm really passionate about organizations as really the vehicle for how we accomplish things as human beings. You know, they're so powerful. We can do so many things when we're organized in, in, in ways that we can't do as individuals. And to think that, you know, that, or first of all, our most common structures aren't working for more than 50% of the population. Um, And, and the fact that um, a lot of organizations are losing really, really powerful women who are super creative and really innovative, um, just because they're picky about you know, flexibility and, you know, really you need to work super long hours and kind of, you know, at least put up this facade of (laughs) killing yourself or you're, they don't think you're giving enough. Yeah. But it's interesting because on the flip side of that, you know, a lot of the men that do that sort of lifestyle, we'll call it, Mm -hmm. have, you know, the supports at home that allow them to to show up at six in the morning to eight o'clock at night, they come home more often than not, their meals are ready. And if they happen to be single, they're going to be eating out or, you know, they're not going to have to worry about all that stuff. They drop all their laundry off the, the, the cleaners mm-hmm. and someone cleans their house, you know, and they don't, you know, there's not a lot of the other stuff that they have to worry about where women still seem to have to pick up a lot of it all. Um, I know where I live in Vancouver, Canada. Um, and in my, let's say about, I'm 52. So I'm going to say, from about 35 to 55 age range, I'm seeing a lot of shift of women being the primary earners and men, like the roles have switched a little bit mm-hmm. and where the men are actually just staying at home and allowing the women to forge forward. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you, you need to have, especially if you have a family, you need to have all the bases covered in there somehow. It's very hard for two people in very high careers to actually excel forward without some background support. Mm-hmm. And do you see that in your what you study? Yeah, yeah, we are seeing that. I think um, for sure, it's it's increasing. It's still mostly on women. Um, yeah, we're getting some some great examples. I know um, Kamala Harris, another of our presidential candidates here in the U.S. Mm. Her her husband's really dedicated. He drives her, um, you know, he drives her everywhere, and he's at all her campaign events with her, and he just seems to be just this amazing support system for yeah. her. So that's been great to watch, and it's nice to see that. That really brings it into the conversation. Yeah, here, which totally. Is really important. Yeah. And I got goosebumps when we're talking about that, because we need more of that, right? And yeah. and whoever it is backing up these people, they just, they need support. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. who you are, right? You need to have support if you want to do some big major things in your life. And, you know, when you're in politics, it is big major things. Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. big commitments. You know, I supported one of my local candidates here on our last election. We're just going into our election this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the last one four years ago, and, you know, what she had to pull off in a 24-hour period was phenomenal. Yeah. 
And, you know, her husband supported her. She had her whole family backing her up. You know, the whole nine yards was there for her. And you need that. Yeah, Um, you absolutely do. It's funny. Actually, I had put it out to my clients today, telling them that I was going to be um, interviewed and, you know, what information would they want me to share with you? And one of them, yeah. So one of them was saying that um, she, she's in the process of career change. She's a a younger woman, um, doesn't have children yet, but she was saying, I, you know, I am so surprised at how many people are willing to support me and, and help me along this journey. So she's been just going through the process of reaching out to a lot of former coworkers, friends, um, you know, people she's linked connected with on LinkedIn. And she's like, they're all willing to, you know, put a recommendation out for me or introduce me to someone else. And so I think, you know, sometimes as women, it might be a little bit our fault too. We don't ask for help. Um, totally. Uh, so um, it's starting to retrain ourselves to ask for help um, is, is really important um, or to be willing to say yes to it when it's offered. Yes, yeah, totally. Skill. That, I, when I do my coursework, um, I have a course you know, for under self-care and we have a whole module on that, asking for support and community and building that around you. So you can be all that you can be right. Mm -hmm. Because as women, we typically, and we probably brought this on ourselves to a certain degree of, you know, we're trying to be equal to men is Mm -hmm. sort of the mentality that goes with that or the mindset where we need to come forward as our individual selves as who we are. And we do need some support and, you know, we don't have to be the superhero as I call it. We, you know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We can let, we can let something slide. We can take the help when, when it's offered and yeah, you know, you know, we're going to reciprocate anyway. So Um, so it, it, it makes people feel good if we let them help us and we'll get our opportunity to pay, pay it forward or pay it back. Oh, totally. Of course it's going to happen. And, and as women, we know what it feels like to help somebody. So we have to allow that to be reciprocated to us. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. And was there any other comments from your, cause I know you had that one. Was there something else that they wanted to, uh, yeah, let me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we were talking about, let's see. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, being willing to be um, open about sharing our stories, too, is something that we talk about a lot in, in my group program. Um, you know, kind of taking some time to craft stories of of difficulty maybe that we've been through or challenging times that we've been through and, um, and being willing to kind of take up space in a conversation with our stories. I think um, men are, you know, really socialized to talk a lot about themselves and, um, and we tend to be a little bit more quiet or not tell these kind of crafted stories that we've thought about. And so that's been a powerful, a powerful tool for them as well. Yeah. We always avoid that vulnerable spot of, you know, putting yourself out there that little bit extra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually in, uh, I was traveling recently a couple months ago and met this amazing woman um, just at a bar sitting around talking who she actually has the world's record for um, playing a classical concert in the highest um, location on earth. She did it in like oh, wow. the mount, mountains of the Himalayas. <laughs> they hauled this piano up. Um, 
wow. you know, to the top of this mountain. And anyway, the point is, it was a beautiful story. And she took her time telling it. And it was very um, colorful in the way she told the story. And she had, you know, probably 10 of us completely wrapped, wow. you know, listening to this um, person that we just met a few minutes earlier. And it just reminded me of, you know, how... Um, it's just not that often that you have a woman willing to take up that much space in a a public place like that. So it was a really powerful awakening for me of, I want to see more women doing this. And that allows for so much connection and authenticity and all the the good, more of the good that we need in this world right now. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, before I get off on another tangent, (laughs) I will transition into our, uh, question round. But before I do that, is there any one particular message that you wanted to leave our listeners today before we dive into the other segment here? I think one, one thing that I, yeah, I've been thinking about a lot recently, because I, I think I've just spent a lot of time in my career, paying my dues for longer than I needed to whatever, whatever position it was. Um, first of all, you know, starting as entry level person in human resources, and then moving into academia, um, grad school, you're definitely at the, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole there, and then moving into um, an, an academic job. Again, you're really, there's a lot of pressure to pay your dues, but I also put yeah. that on myself and kind of put my head down and was like, no, I got to just pay my dues and, um, you know, kind of suck it up for a while. And I've been willing to do that. And I've been trying not to do that in this entrepreneurial role. It's like, okay, go ahead and step up and claim my expert status. You know, I put, I've invested, you know, so much money and time in my education and my career, I, you know, I don't need to pay my dues anymore. I'm, no, yeah. no. But a lot of women, that's a huge point, especially for a lot of women. We do not own all our talents and skills and everything that we come to the table with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for men, it's a very easy, you know, they go over and above what they can actually do. And exactly. women are always way under what they're actually capable of. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, it's really unfortunate. And, um, I actually had that brought to my attention this last week. And when somebody sort of reiterated my career back to me and it's like, they said, you know, you've done a lot. And it's like, apparently I have, you know, and I didn't, <laughs> you don't always realize it. Right. Right. And I right. think in the last immediate moment of what's happened, right. Mm-hmm. Whether you've been successful or not. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that's a very valid point though. And, and great place to uh, leave off for our, our listeners on that. So that's great. Um, so now we're going to hop into the insight round, which, you know, is meant to be a little bit fun, can get a little bit serious sometimes, but we'll make the most of it. <laughs> okay. Um, and of course, you know, for the listeners out there, I am all about mindset, self-care and, you know, self-development and building ourselves into our, the best person that we can be in this, and in this world. So what, do you have one mindset that was ever holding you back in your life or career? Yeah, I I think that that ties into what I just said, really just thinking of myself as kind of an entry level person for much longer than was necessary. And that's part because I was making some changes, you know, I was moving from the corporate world into academia. So I sort of felt like, oh, I have to start all over again. And, um, you know, then once it go from grad school to my first job, um, and now in the entrepreneurial world, it's, um, yeah, thinking of myself as a beginner, for much too long. And yeah. I, you know, and that's partly, it's partly me. And then it is also society too. You know, there's one um, 
person in my department and my academic job that still calls me young lady (laughs) and it's just so demeaning and you know I I kind of joke about it but it does you know those are like little microaggressions that can oh totally for sure totally you you absorb that it goes into your subconscious at some level right right right. it comes out in the other end yeah totally that's unfortunate (laughs) hopefully (laughs) hopefully that can get rectified sometime um can you name one person that changed your life for the better? Well, of course there's many. Um, yeah. I would definitely bring up, I would bring up my uh, advisors here in grad school. Um, they were, they're feminist management researchers and they really helped change my, um, change my assumptions about how the world works and taught me to question everything as you know, as does it really have to be this way? Um, and looking at the reasons why things are the way they are, you know, why are corporate structures set up the way they are? Does it need to be that way? And, you know, looking back at history, we see, you know, who it benefits and, um, you know, benefits men, it benefits people at the top. And, um, and it it does take a toll on, um, on a lot of the employees and organizations, um, clients and customers. And, you know, and, and ultimately things, you know, things turned out, the way they did for a reason, but it doesn't mean it has to continue that way. Um, mm-hmm. Change is possible, you and know, if we understand the assumptions underlying it. Yeah, I just want to dive into that just for a second too, because that's a really yeah. important part. Do you see that transition happening to you know more women at the top, more women taking bigger roles to transition some of this of what we've had for so many years of the, the male-dominated companies, right? I know you see a little bit of it. Um, and we talked about not so many women want to go into that, but are women making some headway? You know, the ones that are pioneering forward, do you see that change coming at all? I do see those, the stories of, you know, where it's happening are, they are really amplified uh, or starting to be amplified. Um, there was recently a male CEO who sent out a memo. I can't remember which company it was, but um, he sent out a memo to his employees of, you know, you don't have to tell me when you have a doctor's appointment or give me an excuse for why you're not coming into work today. I, you're an adult. I trust you. You know, you, I'm not your dad, (laughs) you know, I'm not not playing this patriarchal role with you. And I thought that was really amazing. And I know that that comes from um, that attitude needs to be more prevalent for sure. But I do see it more and more often of, you know, we're adults in the workplace. We don't need you micromanaging us or pressuring us to work more than we say we need to, Um, you know, when we're, when we're doing our best and when we're actually quite, quite successful. Um, another thing I've been thinking about recently, and I, I'd like to do more research into this at some point, but um, direct sales companies or multi-level marketing companies are really more and more popular for women, huge, you know, billions of dollars of industries. And I don't necessarily advocate that model um, as one that's super beneficial for everybody, but there, I think there's a reason why it is so popular. There's just a lot of, you know, it's mostly women working for them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women are doing very success, you know, are very successful in them. Um, but even the ones that aren't, they're moving into it because they're craving so badly something different. Um, yeah. You know, a different message about how much money is possible and the message that they can do it from home. Um, they can do it at night. They can do it on weekends. They don't, and they aren't going to have a boss micromanaging them. So, 
there's something going on. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> I can totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting that you say that because I just joined a multi-level marketing company just for, it was more for fun. It has to do with food. It's a local company. Woman ran, you know, that whole thing, right? Yeah. It wasn't for me to make income. It's just being part of this. I really like what they're doing, right? Yeah. No, I've joined one too. And it's been massive for the relationships I've built. Yeah. I've built. I also try to buy from them because, yeah. um, from my women, you know, my women friends who are involved just because I love what they're doing and I love supporting, you know, their, the fact that they are doing it for themselves and, you know, yeah, I just yeah. I, I love the message, and you know whether they are making everyone millionaires or not, probably not, but that's okay. And I, I do think the larger the larger thing to watch there is why are so many women yeah you know, doing this, and you know the fact that they really are harnessing so much creativity from women right now is you know that's yeah. that's something. Yeah. And it's going to build a lot of confidence in women too. I think oh, from yeah. a, in a very healthier way, right? I think so. Um, I wanted, there was two other things I want to go back with, and I know we're going to dive totally derail here in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that memo from, you know, the, the leader there. Mm-hmm. And I always found as, you know, being in that environment as a leader, uh, giving the autonomy to people, there's so much more productive, you know, and to that same note, you know, I'm not here to babysit you. You're a grown adult, you're professional because I manage all professionals, right? Mm-hmm. High designations, all that stuff. And, you know, if you have to go to deal with your child who's, you know, throwing up at daycare, go deal with it. You know, yeah. they, they go, but they sign on later when their whole house is all sorted out and everyone's in bed and sort of, you know, everyone's happy. Mm-hmm. Pick up right where they left off and pe- pull it together or they do it the next day or they, they piece, they make it work somehow. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, but they've gotten the autonomy to just go deal with life. So they're not sitting at the desk completely freaked out, stressed out, panicking and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how they're going to do it all, mm-hmm. you know? And, when you give people that autonomy to do those things, male or female, because I actually worked in a department with split, mm-hmm. but the men here, because, you know, like I said, we've seen that shift. The men had just as much of an active role of parenting as the females did. And mm-hmm. so whether it's male or female, you know, do what you need to do, <laughs> make it all mm-hmm. happen and we'll, we'll pick it up. Right. Absolutely. I've had catastrophic moments where I've had a, a male staff member had a child in the hospital in very critical condition. And I just worked with him to figure out, you know, his wife was a very high executive. She would not take any time off work. So it was up to him still in a high position, you know, and we, between the two of us, we just figured out how he was going to get through. Right. We backfilled him as much as we could. He picked up out, you know, whatever. Right. We made it work so that he could be there. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's so much more engaged. You get so much more productivity out of people like that when they have that autonomy and the freedom to manage their life on their terms. Mm-hmm. Than if you, you were do. to get mad at them and then they get all stressed out and they're on sick leave, right? So yeah. that was one one of my little rants I wanted to go into. There. <laughs> but the other one, oh, so yeah, that's a great, that's a great but point. The other one was the shift in men, and I know we could probably do a whole podcast on this, <laughs> but I'm also seeing the shift in men too. And we're you know we talk about you know women changing, you know trying to go up to that, but I think the men are. Yeah, I'm starting to see some of the men change that are at the higher levels. Uh, you know, and, and they're transitioning into understanding women a bit more or allowing that, you know, that, that shift that needs to happen and them being a little bit like that, you know, that one leader, you know, mm-hmm. being a little, I don't want to say being a little bit more human, but that, that's not very nice, but finding that balance between the feminine and masculine energies 
so that you come in a little bit more balanced and you're covering off for, you know, you're catering to both sides, not just men or women. Yeah, I think so, especially in, um, in industries that are trying to be really innovative anyway. I've seen at least signs of men being, you know, like, okay, we've thrown out the, you know, we've thrown out the old way of doing so many things. Why not throw out the old way of trying to manage this company, yeah. you know? So that's been great to watch. It's actually, I was just on a panel um, with people who own restaurants, actually. It was a, a restaurant it was, it was an entrepreneurial panel, but just happened to have several restaurant owners and, yeah. you know, they're, um, they're trying to do food differently, right? Healthier, local, organic, um, you know, really changing the food system, the food supply system in our local community. And once they start thinking creatively about, um, you know, in the way that our, the traditional food model has been so unhealthy, um, then you can start, it, it kind of opens up the neuropathways or something. Yeah, it does, yeah. Like, okay, maybe some other things we're doing aren't so healthy either. And so they're coming up with creative ways to give their employees benefits and time off and, you know, and in an industry that traditionally doesn't offer their employees much in the way of, of time off and benefits and great salaries and, and things. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. It's, mm -hmm. and I, I do see the shift in um, the male leadership coming at a younger age too. I was at a conference on gender diversity uh, last year and there was a, a man on the panel. Of mm -hmm. course, it's a very women focused about, you know, women trying to break through glass ceilings kind of stuff, right? But it was also, from the male perspective, they had a, a speaker up there working with young men on defining what it means, you know, the masculine energy and what it means to be a man and, and trying to change that a bit so that, you know, the next set of leaders going up are going to be on a lot more equal ground than, you know, some of the um, more senior, we'll call them. <laughs> you know, male leaders that we have now that are a little bit more on the old school thinking and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I see this yeah. coming through at a younger, you know, a, a younger, we have a gap in there still we have to work through, but. Um, yeah, no, I think they, you know, the younger um, generations do realize that the structures don't work for them either. And they, they want the flexibility. They want time with their kids and their families yeah. and time off and time to enjoy life. Um, Work-life balance is, is huge for, well, millennials, but also Generation Z and below, yeah. um, that's ranked as more important than pay in a lot of studies. So um, I think they're realizing that they will benefit from family-friendly policies and yeah. being treated like adults and, you know, being able to choose when they're going to take time off and when they're going to work and, um, and this, you know, traditional kind of micromanaging type models, just they're not good for anybody. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's so fast. And I could talk forever on it, but I'm going to get myself <laughs> okay. back on track. I'm supposed to be focused <laughs> <Okay>. today. <laughs> um, okay. I just wanted to touch base on that because I know we spoke about it before and it was, it's mm. a really interesting conversation to have. And, and uh, maybe we'll have another conversation one day. I would love to. Yeah. Evolve too. Yeah. 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 You know, in a year from now, it'd be interesting to do another podcast to see what's, you know, the evolution of things as they come about, exactly. especially through our Definitely. election times in both countries too. So yeah. Anyway. Could go either way. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so is there any best advice you've ever received? <laughs> um, you know, I was just, I was thinking of one, um, again, from one of my professors back in grad school, where, you know, it was take your work seriously, but not yourself. And that's definitely yeah. me. Um, yeah, I do take my work, you know, it's just life's too short to take yourself 
too seriously and especially yeah, yeah right now it's, we have to have some fun <laughs> oh totally <laughs> between the stress and, yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah the the environment we live in is quite stressful as a whole Mm -hmm. and I just recorded a podcast before you came on about that where I was I was just hosting one myself about community and um, that you know where we're at socially and stuff like that it was quite interesting so I'm always about self-care so do you have a self-care habit that you practice regularly that keeps you happy and healthy (laughs) um well you always want to do more um I just (laughs) started back at the gym which has been wonderful but it's um but I am kind of taking the asking for support model of um you know I'm I'm working with the personal trainer and you know and just in my life in my life too so going back to our discussion about asking for help you know I'm asking for more help with you know I have a house cleaner come a couple times a week and um, yeah (laughs) yeah that's been wonderful and my my partner is is a great partner he does the grocery shopping and um and those kinds of things so he takes stuff off my plate whether I ask for it or not and so um but I'm better about asking and going the route of getting getting support not trying to just go it on my own yeah absolutely and then you can show up even better for the people that you want to support right exactly so, yeah but now I just need to ask for more help in my business though that is the hard mm-hmm. one <laughs> yeah there, I'm getting there it's just hard to let I, go of certain things. I have a couple <laughs> podcasts on that too okay good yeah. <laughs> listen to the whole library exactly um so do you have a favorite quote for us well, the one I have on my Facebook page um, is Anne Lamott, um, a writer, and she says, um, perfectionism is the voice of the oppressor. So uh, the quote goes on there from there, but the enemy of the people will keep you cramped and insane your whole life, and it's a main obstacle um, between you and getting anything done. Ah. So I, you know, that's been a big one for me because I definitely... Yeah, I definitely uh, grew up as a perfectionist, you know, always had to be the straight A, perfect (laughs) child. So that has been, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm a a little bit of a perfectionist, but much less so. Yeah, I speak about that hugely in my self-care work I do with people too, because perfectionism, perfectionism overall does not serve us very well. Oh God, it's terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So toxic. (laughs) It is. It is. Um, So we got our quote, oh, books. And I'm just the biggest book lover. And as you, you know, you're in the field of education as a whole. (laughs) So I can imagine you're a huge book lover too and lifelong learner and all that. So do you have any book that you'd love to share with us right now? I'm actually reading right now um, with some friends in my um, business coaching group. Uh, it's called Not Your Money by Atasha Silver. That ah, I definitely would recommend. That's on my table okay. right here. <laughs> yeah, it's a great one. Um, and it has fun activities in it, like smashing coconuts. <laughs> I definitely recommend. So, you get that um, for you in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a fun one. I definitely recommend actually doing it. So, yeah. So, it's all about um, taking this attitude of, you know, it's, it's the money is coming from a divine source and it really belongs yeah. to a divine source. So, you don't need to be so crazy about trying to get money and have it and hold on to it. And, um, you know, just think, of, you know, it's not yours anyway. It's just yeah. let, it, let it flow through you. It's part of the flow yeah 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 so that's helped me relax a little bit about money and um yeah and it has some really really 
practical um, activities in it that are helpful for just yeah. letting go of some of the baggage we all have around money. And we have a lot of that. All of us oh, do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any women or man that doesn't have some baggage in either right. direction. Either some yeah. people are hoarders with their money or some people don't spend it or, they, you know, everyone's got some, something. Very yeah. few people are very balanced with that mentality mm -hmm. around money. Yeah. Yeah. And Tasha Silver is great in general for just, you know, going with your own gut and your intuition yeah. and listening. And yeah, I love her. She's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I had, this is the second book of hers I've had recently. So mm -hmm. uh, what is one thing that you are most passionate about? And it doesn't have to be your career coaching. It could be that you like chasing turtles in the ocean or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I am, I'm definitely a huge foodie, I'm really passionate about cooking and uh, going out to eat and things like that. And it's, it, it has been, um, it's been great in my area too. Like so much of the world, we've really woken up to um, quality food and using oh, yeah. local ingredients. So we have great farmers markets and great farmers in our area, which is wonderful. Um, but you know, but I do have to balance it with just, we, we've got to change, we've got to change the workplace and you know, that's kind of my, yep. my larger mission overall that yeah. it, it has to, it has to be better. And there's a reason why so many people just feel like shit at work, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a big problem right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just did my research for the last podcast and, you know, I was looking at how many people are unhappy and, and you know, even with the coaching I do, a lot of it has to do with that they're not happy in their, you know, their work life. Yeah. And um, yeah. whether it's by choice or it's, they've got just, you know, all different reasons of where they are. Right. So yeah. yeah, totally. Well, that has been a most awesome conversation. I'm way over my half hour limit that I allow <laughs> myself, but I knew that was going to happen today. Oh, I knew I wanted so fun. to derail into some different areas and um but it's a rich conversation and i think it's a really important and valuable conversation for people to hear too and know that there is choice for them too well thank you so much for all the work that you do maria and getting all the word out to women um successful women that we're not alone and we're um we're all in it together and to improving things for for all of us Absolutely. And it has been an absolute pleasure. And I would love to connect with you in a year or two again and have this whole conversation over to see where we've, hopefully we've progressed, right? Yeah. So, and, yeah. Um, but before I have one more question uh, mm -hmm. for you, and that's for the listeners, where can they find you? Sure. It's um, emilybensonphd.com. And I would love to hear from any of your listeners too. If you want to email me directly, it's emily at emilybensonphd.com. So yeah, that's where Perfect. I am. And I would love to, to chat with any of them. Great. This has been awesome. And I'd like to thank all the listeners for listening in today. And thank you, Emily. Thanks, Maria. Thanks. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.